Welcome to the Next Level Soul podcast, where we ask the big questions about life. Why are we here? Is this all there is? What is my soul's mission? We attempt to answer those questions and more by bringing you raw and inspiring conversations with some of the most fascinating and thought-provoking guests on the planet today. I am your host, Alex Ferrari. I've always wanted to help the audience take their soul to the next level, so I've partnered with Mind Valley and other amazing free courses on spirituality, mind, body, soul, longevity, wealth, and so much more. All you need to do is go to nextlevelsoul.com forward slash free. Disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the guest and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of this show, its host, or any of the companies they represent. You are in for a very special episode this week. We have on the show channeler Michelle Carpenter. And Michelle channels the Council of Eight, who are angelic beings and ascended masters who once walked the earth and are now guiding humans on their own individual journeys, keeping it real and simple, helping each individual on their life's journey. Michelle and I had a wonderful conversation and we get to talk to the Council of Eight in this episode. So let's dive in. I'd like to welcome to the show, Michelle Carpenter. How are you doing, Michelle? Hi, Alex. I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm, I'm really excited to talk to you uh, and the Council of Eight, who I hear is very chatty and loves to come on uh, conversations and, and interviews to, uh, to spread the good energy that they're doing and the work that you're doing as well. Uh, so before we get into the Council of Eight and, and, what, and how you channel and, and the work that you do, mm. what was your life like prior to this whole insanity, let's call it, that is in part of your life now. Yeah. yeah. Um, gosh, you know, I, do you mean like from the time that I've started channeling them or just in the last few years as to what this insanity and the, well, the times no, no, have before, been like before the in, insanity. In humanity? Before, this, before the insanity of, of what you're doing in this general oh. statement. So like before channeling, before, you know, I'm assuming you didn't come out of the womb channeling the Council of Eight. So I'm assuming that there was a, a time period when you weren't doing this work. What was your life like prior to you doing this kind of work? Okay. So in a previous life, I was very chatty and I still can be very chatty myself. Um, I was a sales rep. That's the background that I come from. Uh and when I got to my 30s, uh, I, my ex-husband uh, did the best thing ever. He had an affair. And we had a little baby girl at the time. And it was my wake-up call to take responsibility for myself. And this was in South Africa. So I was born and raised in Zimbabwe, which was Rhodesia. And then my parents kind of got out of there in 1980, 1981. Um, because of the government that had taken over and my dad decided as a family we were sort of under threat we moved to South Africa and we were in South Africa um, when I was about nine, ten years old so I went through the apartheid era but I don't remember a lot of it um, and then slowly but surely um, we went to a mining town and slowly but surely as I grew up as a teenager I started realizing that the life that I had as a young girl had really affected me <clears throat> excuse me my dad um, he was a Rhodesian soldier and he was in the war and he had, uh, had drunk quite a lot and I had a very angry mother 
And, you know, just due to their own uh, traumas that they had endured in their lives, I've come to realize. But I went into sales and I loved being a sales rep and I worked with um, wonderful people, many different companies. And slowly but surely, I started to realize that I was a victim of my life. And I was a victim of the circumstances in which I grew up in. And I say that not lightheartedly because really I played the victim. I played the victim role really well. Um, I'm a middle child, so I had a whole different uh, level to being the victim. And uh, when I got married uh, and my ex-husband cheated on me, it took me a while to find out that it was happening. But like I said, it was the best gift that happened for me because it brought me to wake up to myself. And I went to a clairvoyant and I wanted a reading and all I wanted was for him to help me with my anger. I had a lot of anger, again, being the victim of like, why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? So I was sexually abused at the age of five by my uncle, my mother's younger brother. Sorry. And thank you. And it's come with a lot of healing. It's come with a lot of working through that trauma. And that was part of my teenage life and being so angry. Um, and also my dad had had affairs when we were young kids. So there was all that part of the anger that my mother had sort of projected onto, um, onto us, myself and my older brother. And, uh, you know, again, nothing against my parents. I've worked a lot th uh, through the forgiveness of not only my own journey, but um, my parents and, you know, the intergenerational trauma of what they've carried. So I got to 33 years, went to go see this clairvoyant. I was like, there's got to be something different to life, man. There's like, I just cannot be angry. I'd been in car accidents at the age of 24. I'd knocked over and killed a young girl. Um, I now know that that was a soul connection. And that was a part of my big wake up or my awakening. But all I did was suppress and suck up that anger and that stress. And I just kept going and I kept going and I kept going. And as a sales rep, one of my cue lines was the more stressed I am, the better sales I make. And then I came to realize with having a young baby girl, it didn't serve me and it didn't serve her to be this mother who was just under stress. And, uh, you know, South Africa, as to what it is now, we've been in New Zealand now for the last six years, but, you know, 15, 20 odd years of living in South Africa, there was a lot of crime and we were involved in quite a lot of crime. So I'm still working through that too. But the age of 33, it was such a pivotal point in my life where I went, I need to do something different. So again, I'm very blessed, you know, for the experience and the story of um, my ex-husband. But it was a great gift to me to realize it actually wasn't about him. It was about me and the way I try to control my life. And the angry I was, the more, try, more in control I tried to be, but the more out of control my life was. Kind of strange, hey? Mm -hmm. And um, so that just led me onto a journey of uh, going to see this clairvoyant. He was a young gentleman and he just kept saying to me, Michelle, you just don't love yourself. And I'm like, dude, just help me with my anger. Like, just tell me. And it's, it's quite funny because I do readings now and people come to me and they say, just tell me, like, what's, what's the direction forward? What's the purpose? And I'm like, well, let's just work with what you've got going on inside of you. And then it often brings me back to how I felt, you know, at the age of 33. So it led me to a weekend away um, with hospice. And they did this wonderful uh, retreat. And the facilitator that 
I had thought I'd chosen, but on some level we chose each other. We had very similar stories in our journey. She was a lot older than me, but what she did, and this was nine years after I knocked over and killed the young girl, that, and it was in broad daylight, I wasn't drunk, there was no alcohol involved. Um, I'd looked down to put a straw into a cool drink and she had run across the road and misjudged my car and we had connected and I'd hit her, I didn't know what I'd hit and I stopped and pulled over and um, people had stopped and said to me I'd um, knocked over a, a pedestrian. So at this weekend retreat, what had actually happened was I thought I was going there and I was like, oh, this person's going to help me with my anger. And we were a small group and she actually got me to feel how I felt about knocking over this young girl. And it was huge, as you can well imagine, because all I did was just suck it up. And this was nine years later, as I said. And uh, I cried so hard, Alex, that my head felt like it was, it was exploding. My heart felt like it was bursting into a thousand pieces. And um, it was quite an intense wake-up call to realize how much we suck up in our lives and how much I had sucked up over, you know, 30-odd years of my life. Uh, as a kid, I'd always suffered from tonsillitis, bronchitis. I was sickly, continuously, ear earache. And I realized that that was just part of the trauma of just being on. You know, I was the child that remembered so much of my parents fighting, my dad coming and going. I picked up a lot of my mom's fear uh, with my dad coming and going into uh, the war. And so it was a great wake up to say, okay, now, what can I do differently? You know, I like, okay, wow. So this is about feeling. And I just lived in my head. The chaos was always in my head. And that then led me to that after that weekend, they offered a 14 week counseling skills course hospited. And I then became a part-time caregiver. And I started working with people who were transitioning, obviously terminally ill. And it was a great, great beginning for me to start to work with empathizing, realizing that there is life after death. Uh, but I was still working very much in my head. And I realized that in my own journey, uh, I had a lot to heal. And that's where I started on the path also of working with uh, being sexually abused. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And the anger that I'd carried and the resentment for years and years and years was what was, you know, that secret, that secret was so heavy as a five-year-old that that was what was kind of eating me up inside. My tonsils, not being able to speak up, not being able to share it. I only shared it with my parents at the age of 33. Wow. So this then led me to slowly but surely transform and transition and I and I then studied neurolinguistic program programming and I just wanted to I wanted to evolve I wanted to shift and Nick, I don't know if I can say this but I wanted to shift my shit like I sure. really for myself but for my daughter as well like I wanted to be a better person and not live under this intense stress and this intense anger that I was carrying for such a long time and also the trauma obviously of what I'd carried but a big part of my awakening before I, I started connecting to spirit and, and channeling was when you, you know when you look at the dots and you start to build the puzzle of your life I don't mm -hmm. know if you've ever done that oh yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah. and um, 
So when I was 16 and a half, I, I lost one of my very best friends and she had a kidney transplant in Johannesburg. And when she passed over, she was, she passed over in hospice in Johannesburg. And I remember sitting on the couch before she passed over, sitting on the bed, sorry, sitting on the couch in her room. And her parents had just gone to talk to a caregiver or a counselor. And I remember as this young girl sitting there looking at the caregiver and going, wow, how is she not falling apart? Like she's surrounded by death. And fast forward, you know, uh, what's it, 15 odd years, 16 odd years, and even a little bit longer, my, my math isn't great. And, um, and I was able to do that for others because even though I was working with people who were, uh, you know, transitioning, uh, then sort of working with their families, you know, counseling their families and just being a friend to them. And it taught me so much about empathy and compassion. So I, I've been kind of a late bloomer in my journey. I'm a slow learner in many different ways. And, uh, and slowly but surely, as I started to help myself to heal, I started to build the bridge of letting go of this extreme, intense control and um, trauma that I'd had for such a long time. I didn't know how else to live differently. And I really grew this relationship with my ex-husband, brought his girlfriend into my space. I'm now married to a beautiful man. Um, and even he, he said to me, Michelle, I wasn't a part of that journey. So I've got nothing against him. Let's bring him in. And it was so healing for our daughter because I wanted what was good for her. Mm. And uh, it really brought me into a space of just this continuous learning. Like what, 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 what is compassion? What is forgiveness? You know, and it, I think it's, it's such a similar vibration for me personally in terms of the words and the space that it's held because it's, it's a space of love and in my heart. And, you know, I'd say to my ex-husband, like, I'm so grateful. And I think he thought I was ticked in the head, you know, because he was like, what do you mean? And I'd say, I really love you. I really, really love you. I'm grateful for the experience. It was freaking hard, but I'm so grateful for the experience of what had happened. And I, I called it. I remember many times in my head when we argued or fought, I think, I, why don't we just get divorced? So it, it was part of what I had brought into my reality. Mm. And it also helped me to heal a lot of what my mom had held on to, you know, with my dad when he was a younger uh, man having his affairs. But I was the change bringer. I chose not to stay. And my parents didn't like that. They wanted me to stay in the marriage. And I'm like, no, I, I, I just feel like I've got to do different. So it came at a bit of a consequence or a price, as we would, we would say. Um, my parents didn't like it and they didn't speak to me for a while. But it was a great learning to be courageous and vulnerable because tears wasn't something that I did very easily, especially as a young teenager. And I just kind of went, well, I've got to heal this man. Like I've got to heal this. I've got to just let go. So that's I mean, part of my previous life. <laughs> so that, I mean, what's so, you know, beautiful about that. And I know there's a lot of trauma and things that when I say beautiful, you'll understand what I mean in a minute is that you're the definition of a soul's journey, that things happen for us, not to us. For sure. And you have <clears throat> very clearly <clears throat> very clearly illustrated all of those traumatic things, the obstacles, the, 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 I mean, major life things that most of us, you know, won't don't go through. I mean, you went through some stuff, yeah. but how you were able to take that stuff and transition it into growth, forgiveness, 
evolution of your own spirit, it seems like you've been doing a lot of work on yourself in this lifetime without question. And you're continuing to do more work on your life. So it's just a great example for people listening that might be going through stuff. You know, I've gone through stuff. You obviously have gone through stuff. We all go through stuff, but that is part of the game. This video game that we're playing uh, down here uh, is, uh, is stuff that we're challenging. We have to be challenged. And it doesn't necessarily have to be bad or good. Sometimes you got to just go through the stuff that you have to go through in order to grow and forgive. I was, I mean, when I was younger, I was extremely angry. Oh my God, I was angry. Yeah. Oh my God, I was angry. I was angry. You know, my parents got divorced when I was young and I was angry about that. I didn't know I was, but I was mm -hmm. angry. Mm -hmm. I'd spent 15, 20 years in the film industry chasing a dream that I would get really close and I would get in the rooms and I'd meet these big movie stars and and I just always something would just uh, uh, no 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 oh no no oh, not again. Yeah. So that it was knee -jerk like reaction. Like, did you ever have that knee jerk reaction? Well, yeah, because it was to a point where like I'm good enough to get in the room yes. again and again and again. I'm so many times I got so close to a national stage. Even on reality shows, I got to the very end, like just the one step before I got on to the reality show and things like that. And I, I would just keep falling apart. And I'd be like, it was so angry. And then I finally let go of that and um, forgave yeah. myself, understood what the yeah. process was. But that only happens with time, as you can attest to. Time sure. is needed to be able, you have to go through things to it in order like, I'm sure when your husband was having an affair, didn't feel good at the time. But mm -hmm. looking back on it, you're like, oh, thank God that happened because oh, it, course, spawned, yeah. it spawned my entire new path that I've walked on. Without him doing that, I might be still in a, in a loveless relationship, in a painful relationship. I would have never gone down this, this, or this. So the universe kind of pushes us in ways that we might not feel good about, but it's for our best. 100% and that was part of the you know the the awakening in in would have been if if I was guided to go for counseling or, or somebody said to me Michelle you need to go was when I was 24 years old and knocked over and killed the young girl because in right. one year just to give you the amount of I want to say depressive state of the way I lived was I was in a, a, a serious relationship. We built a house together. Three months later, it became incredibly toxic. Like I knew he had quite a temper on him, but then I started provoking him and I was like, kind of just give me a reason, buddy. Just give me a reason, you know, and, you know, it sort of became a slap on the back of the, the leg and then a push here. And, and I, like I said, I can be quite chatty, but the anger was like, come on, bring it, bring it. Okay. And I think that's also the Joburg in me. And, um, but it's, uh, which doesn't serve anybody. Let me just be very clear. <laughs> um, but, you know, three months later, I was packing up. I was headhunted by a company. This was all in the same, with, this was in like a six and a half, seven month period. Headhunted by a company. I was with them for eight months, um, made redundant. And then two months later, knocked over and killed the young girl. And two days later, driving from Johannesburg to Cape Town, which is a 12 hour drive. And my friends are like, Michelle, what are you doing? And I'm like, I've got to go. So I went on this massive party, just suppressing how I felt. And I remember crying in my friend's arms one night, like sobbing, because she said to me, Mish, do you know what's happened to you? And I was like, I've, ki I've, I've killed somebody. Yeah, you know, but that was it. And then I just suppressed it. And then like, oh, let's party, let's drink. And 
and nobody sort of took the time to go, I think you need to go and see somebody like this is big in your life. And so again, it was just that suppression, which led to shame. And you said it beautifully. It was forgiving yourself. And a big part of my sexual abuse at the age of five, believe it or not, was learning to forgive that little girl inside of me. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. You know, she sat there and she didn't know any different. I thought it was like, oh, this is what we do. So it was like kind of sharing the experience because it brought a good feeling. And the reality is I've had to forgive her continuously um, for the, the experiences that happened. And they weren't great experiences and it took me a long time. And, and yes, I, I took a long time to own the hard work that I've gone through and still going through. You know, my husband and I have been through some very severe ex- experiences in South Africa. And I'm still learning to navigate and work with my nervous system and so is he. Uh, so it is a continuous journey, but I really feel like that's why if I can teach humans that we, we're worth it. We can we can push through. And sometimes it feels like we're in this moment of like, what? The, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, damn it. My ex-husband, man, if I tell you, <laughs> I have punched pillows. I have hit mattresses. Oh. Um, <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> you know? But oh, it's like, yeah. oh, who can, I, who can I be angry at today? You know? Oh, okay. You know, but it's you, just you like. Sometimes, but you, sometimes you look for, you look for, a, you look to pick a fight. Almost. You look, and it's generally the people who are closest around you that take the brunt of it. Either your family, your friends, somebody, and then you look for a fight. And until you do the work to ask the questions, why am I so angry? You will continue to go down these vicious circles, these vicious, you know, rabbit holes until you really do the work and look in the mirror and do that kind of soul work with yourself. For sure. To kind of to get it out. And once you're free of it, as you can see, I mean, you seem like a very happy person. The energy coming from me on the other side of this call, it seems very energetic, very nice, very, very forgiving, very comfortable. You you look like you want to do well for the world. You want to do good for the world with the work that you're doing. That's just the sense that I get from talking to you. Um, you don't seem like an angry person. And I know angry people. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I've I worked in Hollywood for almost 30 years. I know. Wow, uh, I so I, I I know angry people. I can feel it. And I know it through myself. So it's a great lesson for everyone listening. So so my next thing is, all right, so now you've gone through all of this. At yes. what point do you hear voices? <laughs> exactly so no so what point does the council of eight come in how do they come in how do you deal with it when you start hearing because i'm assuming you you you, you've you've as they say drank the kool-aid a little bit you went to a clairvoyant you understand that side of the world but i'm assuming this was new to you 100 percent. and um so a big part of my my learning was first connecting to loved ones who had passed over to souls to spirit who had passed over and i was counseling um for quite a few years in south africa and the i had this client in front of me and i said you've got a little girl and you're holding her and i explained the dress and she said how do you know that and I said to her, I'm just being shown. I'm being shown that you're holding a little girl with dark hair, a little baby. And she's like, no, Michelle, 
I said, what do you mean? No. And I, what, I sort of like, you know, held my breath and she said, I had a baby that was stillborn. And it was such a profound moment for me. And you know, the, 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 the facilitator that I chose and she chose me on some level at this hospice weekend that we went, that I went on, she became my mentor and she started teaching me that everything is energy. And I was listening to the late Wayne Dyer and the late Louise Hay. And I drove my friend Vicky mad because I was still in my head. I didn't understand. So fast forward to this me counseling and I started to hear different things and I started to trust. I started to trust the information that was coming through, the connections that were coming through. And then in my counseling sessions, I'd say, well, have you lost a father or have you lost a grandfather? And then the messages would start to come through and the, my clients would say, how do you know that information? So that started to happen. And then as I was going on different courses and uh, upgrading myself, as I put it, and working through my own stuff, I started to realize that there was more. I let go of uh, everything that I thought to be true and went, okay, I'm on a deep dive, just bring it on, like show me there's got to be more. And then as I started to elevate my consciousness, which for me again is the building of the bridge between letting go what I was storing and contracting to upgrading. And uh, I then brought a shaman into my space and, and we had this beautiful weekend of channeling and I was like, whoa, and there's more and there's more. And I, I just started to say things, they would just come out of my mouth you know, at yoga or something like, and people would say to me, where, what does that come, how do you know that stuff? And I'd say, I don't know, I don't know. We immigrated to New Zealand in 2016. And uh, we immigrated to a beautiful space called Queenstown. And it's just, it's just, you're surrounded by these mountains and the mountains hold such intense energy. And it's a space where you either heal and the mountains spit you out or you stay in it and you work through your stuff. And I came from South Africa, incredibly traumatized and I, and I fell to pieces. I went into a deep depression and I, I sort of just cried daily. And I say to my kids, mom's just sad, but I've, I've got to do this because I was grieving. I was grieving. And again, the voices were there. I always felt like I was surrounded by something and I started sensing something. You know, when you have those moments, Alex, where, um, you would be talking to something and sorry, somebody, something. Yes, there's a lot out there, um, but you get goosebumps mm -hmm. and that would start happening to me. And I go, Ooh, who is this? What is this? And like for me, that sort of be, started to become complete affirmations of the information that was coming through, but I still didn't know who it was, what it was. And I'd have my, as my, my own, Therapy started to change from counseling to really just connecting to loved ones who had passed over to just allowing, I would sit in my meditation and go, who is this? Like, where are these voices coming from? And then as I'd sit and just be in a quiet space, I would be shown counsel. And I'd say, well, counsel. So in my third eye, I'd picture like these dudes sitting around the table, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, and, uh, they're like, counsel. And I'll say, who, who are you? Counsel of what? And then they'd show me the eight. And I started when I'd have a, a client on my therapy table, I started doing the circular motions like in eights. Like, I was like, whoa, okay. And then I started asking more questions when I was meditating. And slowly but surely, 
they've come and they've shown me um, I've gone up into this spaceship I've, I've met the commander but at the same time they shift and change because energy is energy is energy and they're not specific and they started showing me that they come through as Gandhi, Nelson Mandela, you know, because I'd say, come on, I, I feel like I need something more specific because we as humans, I most certainly, I want a label. Like, you've got to help me, help people believe, help me to believe, you know, and then, and they say, Michelle, well, you've got to start to believe. We're here, we're here and we, we, we would like you to be the channel. And there are many others that are connected to us. And I say, okay, well, who are you? And they were a collective of beings, you know, Mother Mary would come through and they would just show me it does not matter. It's the infinity number of eight, which is, which is, which is everything. And uh, I then started to absolutely trust. I would, I would have a few clients and my family, I'd say to them, can you guys be the guinea pigs? And I'd close my eyes and I'd say, well, you know, especially with clients that were first time clients, I'd say to them, you know, would you like a channeling? And they say, sure. And the information that came through was profound. Mm. They'd say, how do they know that? And I'd say, I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> um, so it was about me trusting them, not them trusting me. Um, and slowly but surely, and it has been a process because, you know, I, I go into my head and I'm like, uh-uh, why are you choosing me, guys? Like, come on, there's got to be other mm -hmm. humans out there. And... Um, and I feel incredibly honest, uh, honored, sorry, and I feel incredibly blessed in the honesty because I've said to them, please keep it simple. I like simplicity and I, and I want to keep it real for the humans that I'm uh, channeling to. And what can we share in terms of upliftment, but at the same time being honest, whether it be a one-on-one -on -one with a client or whether I'm doing a channeling for the collective. So that's pretty much the story. So how... um. I have to ask this question. I always love asking this question. How did the people around you uh, deal with this situation uh, when it came into into your into your life? I'm assuming it, it, it is something that might clear the room uh, when it comes up <laughs> uh, as a general statement. Uh, so, how did you deal? What? How did they react? And how did you deal with it? On because you've gone through so much in your life. Now you know. I, I'm, I don't know if you've lost people because of it or did you gain for I, I don't know so how did you deal psychologically and I asked this question for a very specific reason because a lot of people are like oh this channel she's it's fake or whatever and that's fine you can believe whatever you want I always tell people what is what are they saying we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show is it profound? Does it resonate with you? If it does, yes. take it and use it. If it doesn't, sure. discard it and move on with your life. For sure. But but a lot of people thinking, a lot of people listening to this right now, they're like, oh, they're in it for the money. And I've talked to so many channels now that uh, I don't know, I, I understand that the, it's not the most lucrative in, in, side of the world. It's not like you're rolling around and channeling money. Uh <laughs> That, bring know, on the dollars man just making it rain <laughs> by channeling and also yeah. i lose family members i lose friends i get ostracized sometimes so I, I i say this so people listening can understand that this is a difficult path to choose and you were a professional and you have other options you weren't like on a beach somewhere it's like i hear people like you know you know yeah. there's there's things so can you explain to people how that how that transition works with people around you yeah, absolutely. And thank you for that question. Um, so yes, I have lost people. Um, I've lost friends. I've lost family at time. I mean, my mom before she passed over, which was a year ago, 
Um, my mom was very connected to um, Christianity. And uh, for many years, she had said to me that I'm, you know, channeling the devil. And, Obviously. you know, that's what mediums do. Obviously. Uh, Obviously. So it was it was very intense and it's, it's a very, I feel personally, it's a very brave path to walk. Um, and I don't say that egotistically and I hope I'm not coming across egotistically. It's just that, you know, there's been times where, and, and I mentioned honesty, there's been times where they have come through and given very honest um, downloads or channelings to a person. And it may be within a group that I've done it and the person hasn't liked it. Yet the person's chosen to um, to listen, to wake up to themselves. So they might not like it in that moment because it's like, how dare you put me on the spot, kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, when I'm in when I'm in social groups, I'm very aware as to who I uh, hang out with, and I, I've had to become aware because I'm very open, um, and sometimes I, um, you know, I I, I very. I want to keep it real in the sense of like, okay, I'm here to be Michelle the human. And sometimes I have mother moments where I'm very triggered. And I had one of those days yesterday was just on. Um, but at the same time, yes, it's, it's a case of, yeah, like I love what I do and I really want to be of service. At the same time, I know that it's not only about the channeling, it's about the fact that what is it helping or how can they help us? How can they, you know, in these crazy times that we've been in, the one thing they kept sharing was about love. It was about love. And I, yeah. I and I honored them for that, you know, no matter who the presidents were, the presidents, and you could see people's backs getting up, like, how dare you? They evil, they this. And I'm not talking about the Council of Eight. I'm talking about the presidents of the different countries. And I say, that's what we're here for, though, if you think about it. You know, our minds keep us playing small. And if you think about it, our hearts only expand into the one consciousness, the one connected and or the connectedness. And, you know, I often use the example of a tree growing. One tree doesn't look at another one and go, hey, dude, like <laughs> take your roots and move across because I was planted here. They just they intergrow and they interconnect and it's beautiful. So. It has been a challenging journey and I used to underplay it a lot, um, but I'm quite selective as to who I want to spend time with. And, sure. um, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's just all a learning. I'm still learning because the, the one assumption that I think a lot of friends that I know and clients that I have had in the past is that I'm always intuitive. I'm always on. And I'm not, you know, if I go to a party, I'm going to have a GNT and I'm going to have a good party. I'm going to enjoy the dancing. But, you know, when people come to me and say, Michelle, can you just read that person's energy there? And I'm like, no, it's not a party trick. Like, I'm here to have fun right now. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm, I'm a kind of like, woo, one GNT, which takes me two hours to drink, party hard for like 30 minutes. And then I'm like, OK, bedtime, <laughs> which is 10 o'clock. <laughs> Which we're I not, think is part of being a not, parent. We're not, uh, we're not as young as we used to be. Let's just put it that exactly. way. <laughs> things we exactly. Used to do in our, things we did in our tw early 20s are not things we even did in our late 20s. <laughs> 100%. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yes, you know, I admire and I honor anybody that is doing this kind of work. And right. um, it's for me, it's an absolute honoring. It's an honoring of, wow, gosh. And, and what I wanted to, to, to say to you is that I was very fortunate that as I started to uh, 
know that there was more and allow my heart to open more i brought more like-minded and open-hearted friends into my space who were very out there in the field and i was like whoa this geez these people know a lot <laughs> mm-hmm. and and they've experienced a lot but i realized it was my upgrade to knowing that there's more sure. it was just again me playing small um but again i like to be michelle the human and allow the spiritualness to happen and yes we are spirits having a human experience but that for me is where the grief and trauma work comes into it it's like the nudging the nudging because um i've met some amazing amazing human beings but i've also met some amazing spiritual humans that can be not the nicest human beings <laughs> that are so out there in the field and i'm being very diplomatic right now um but they're so out there that they forget that they for, just forget that we're still here you know and right. how do we show up uh, it, it could be a little bit superficial for me at times and i know that's judgmental um but i always internalize i go well if i'm bringing somebody like that into my space what's the mirror what's the mirror okay michelle be real mm-hmm. um and authentic authenticity is is important for me of course of course that's what people are attracted to people are attracted to authenticity uh and i think more now than ever they can smell when people are inauthentic without question so let me ask you can can the council of eight uh come in i have a handful of difficult questions for them so i'm curious to see what they say uh about it uh i'm 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 very looking forward to uh to talking to them so if you can uh awesome. connect please <laughs> Sure thing. Sure thing, Alex. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to take a few breaths and, sure. um, and they'll come through. Okay. We welcome you here today, Alex, and we have been waiting for this connection not only between yourself and Michelle, yet the connection of the next level. And we are wanting to acknowledge you in the acknowledgement of the change that you are bringing to the collective. We would like to make an offering to not only yourself, but to those that are in their awareness of their beings, of their innerness, of their light. Do you hear how we said that? Mm -hmm. There is change that is continuous within the dimensions that humans exist in, yet there is change that is continuous within the different galaxies that are out there yet within and what we would like to help in the offering or give as a suggestion is that keep allowing the inner light keep shining bright keep knowing that all is within as all is without energy is frequency frequency is vibration vibration is within the knowing and what we say to you is we thank you we applaud you we honor you 
we acknowledge you. When humans use the word acknowledge, knowledge is a statement where it is being used often that knowledge is power. Is it not, Alex? It is. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. And yet, how often do humans acknowledge each other? As in the acknowledgement, knowledge is within, is it not? Mm -hmm. Yet humans are taught that knowledge is on the outside. And as humans are navigating, navigating, navigating and opening up and opening up and sharing in the internal space of change. Their vibration is shifting. So we know that you have many different questions for us and we smile and we wait with, if we had a breath with our <laughs> humble breath. Please go ahead, Alex. My first question is, how can you explain to people that life happens for them and not to them? This is a great uh, question. And what we say to you is, and this has been shared many, 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 many times through many different channels that not only have you had on your show, yet it has been heard, yet humans at times choose not to listen so as and we thank you for the allowing of michelle sharing her story in this lifetime and parts of it that she disclosed and discussed is exactly as she had admitted is it is about the journey it is about the alignment of the soul's awareness. It is about the knowing that one chooses this body, one chooses this face, one chooses this time to be in. Yet the choosing and the blueprint is within here. Yet the blueprint is within the collective. So within the knowing, as an example, Michelle could have chosen, as could have you, to have stayed in the spaces that you wanted to. Yet there was a niggle, 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 there was a niggle for choosing different. For Michelle, there was a noticing of what did not serve her no longer. As when one chooses a simple journey, and please notice how we say this, simple. This was a simple journey for her, yet when she was in the chaos of the moments of the feelings, it did not feel simple. Would you say that this resonates with you, Alex? It does. So it is very much a choice. It is very much a knowing. It is very much a knowing. It is very much a knowing. One can choose to look within and to be guarded 
or one could choose to look within and be open. Yet many humans choose to stay within here. And we know that the brain is an incredibly intelligent organ. Yet we also know that the brain holds many humans back. Many of you have been told it is about your thoughts, which is truth. Yet the truth lies within this cellular structure. Does this answer your question, Alex? It does. So can you also explain the concept of reincarnation? And if the concept of reincarnation is valid, why we choose to continuously come back and suffer sometimes and go through goods and bads and experience every emotion known to humanity uh, again and again and again for a lot of people who don't understand this concept. So what we say to you, and this may be what we would disclose as a big answer to your very, uh, how could we say this, a amazement as if you choose to break up the word a maze, what is a maze, Alex? It is something that one chooses to go through, is it not? Correct. And at times within the maze, sometimes humans could hit a wall. This is how we would describe reincarnation. When the soul chooses to come into this dense energy, and yes, we know, as we have already been talking to Michelle, saying that there will be many different questions coming from yourself, and one of them will be about reincarnation. Yet, it is also about how come? How come humans choose to come into this human plane? So what we say to you is that it is about the maze that humans or the soul's changes within that need to be made. And it is a, what we would say to you once again, it is a simple statement. When one is staying in their warrior space and powerfulness, and we are saying warrior in terms of the tribal, which brings about the anger, which brings about the displacement, which brings about the discombobulatedness. This is what is being carried out within many different timelines as you are all holograms, are you not, Alex? Mm -hmm. And when the soul is what you are saying, reincarnating, it is a, what we would say, a splat where it lands within the human surface. Yet it is also a knowing that is held within many different timelines. So as an example, what we say to you is that 
humans that are making different choices have within the different timelines what humans would term past lives have or fragmented souls have chosen quite abominable past lives or abominable timelines and there is time for change there is time for source energy there's time for the inner god to bring the healing so what we say to you is that and we want to keep this simple it is as we are using michelle's hands here right now they are soft they are gentle they are warm yet they can be hard and intense if we want them to or they can be soft they can be gentle they can be warm and it is very much again within the alignment of the change that needs to happen and yes the other question that we have been asked many times is how come we do not get involved as spirit as the beings of light that we are yet we do get involved we plant seeds we give messages we share downloads yet how many humans choose to do nothing how many humans choose to stay within their addictions or their addictive spaces as they may not want to bring change for themselves they may not want the gentleness they may not want the the kindness or the compassion it is very <laughs> evolved yet it is very involved is it not mm -hmm. very much so very very much so so for so many people listening who want to connect with the divine within them and is have and they're having trouble doing so do you have any advice on how we can connect to our higher consciousness to our true nature to help us navigate this maze that we are on we'll be right back after a word from our sponsor and now back to the show it is as simple as placing one's hand over one's heart and connecting into the beat of their vibration as you are aware within this conversation and connection with you and Michelle there are many many humans and she too has been very much within her head space and often what we say is that humans work walk and work with their heads here and the bodies here so to bring the divine back within it is a simple exercise of tuning into one's heart connecting to the beat connecting to their rhythm and it has been said many times breath is key breath is life is it not alex mm, it is when when a baby comes out into this world it is the first thing everyone holds their breath to hear the first moment that a baby breathes in the open spaces. So we would ask humans 
who are watching this to take the time to breathe, to take the time to listen to their own beat. Many have forgotten how to go within. Yet again, we talk about the baby that is born. When it comes out, the heart has been beating for many, many months already. It is the first thing that you as mother and, and fathers want to hear, is it not, when you go for your scans? Mm -hmm. You want to hear the heart beat. So heart is key. Take the time to listen to your own beat as the divine is within, as the divine is within, as the divine is without, as the divine is without, Alex. We thank you. Any more questions for us today? Yes. Um, can you explain to people who have, a tr have trouble understanding this concept of why a soul would want to reincarnate as a sickly person, as a deformed person, as something that 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 is going to give them str massive struggle in their life, not only to themselves but to the people around them who love them, their parents, siblings, friends. There's a lot of pain that comes along with that. Why would you choose that? And that is a question I get asked all the time. So, can you explain that to the audience? We can. It is about the collective. And you use the word, word pain and you have used the word suffering. Humans are addicted to pain and suffering, are they not? Yeah. Yes. And what we say to you is that imagine if humans were looking at these beings of light that have chosen a different body. Their heart is still beating. And if these humans within the collective, within the soul groups, within the soul families, within the soul friendships, look at these individual lights that are shining bright, they do not care. They are there to bring joy. Yet humans choose to look at it as pain and suffering. And yes, we know that the energy on earth is dense. And yes, we know that there is the pain and that there is the suffering. Yet the pain and the suffering can be transformed if humans choose to look and to see and to feel differently. Yet humans choose. We are using the word choose and it is very much a choice as Michelle chose to get up and wash her hair and brush her teeth and put her makeup on and get dressed for today as she does every day. It is a choice as to how one wants to see. It is a choice as one wants to feel. It is a choice at times that when tears of joy are being shed, they can be misunderstood for tears of pain. So yes, it is very much within the collective. The soul that comes in, that reincarnates into the deformed bodies, into the children who uh, would have the diseases within their vibrational beings. They bring so many gifts and so many healings to 
the parents, mm -hmm. to the families, to the friends. And you know what the biggest thing is? It brings togetherness, Alex. Mm. Humans forget. And we are using the word together, spelt T-W-O, two. When you bring them together makes one, does it not? It does. It does. Can you tell me what you what your feelings are or your thoughts are on what is happening to humanity today and in and in, in the next year? So many people are so afraid of what's happening. We've had a rough few years to say the least. Uh and as a planet, and uh people are concerned about the next year coming up. Can you tell us what you think is coming ahead of for us for all of us? We can. And what we would like to infuse into the collective for those that are showing up for themselves is that the denseness of these times, please know that this is a specific timeline that you have all been on. And there are many that are upgrading into the awareness of Christ consciousness. And when humans are upgrading themselves and their cells, what we say to you is that it is a flip of the switch. Yet, please notice with Michelle's hands, when the switch is down, it is suppressed. The energy can be very suppressive. The energy can be pushed down. It can be dense, it can be hard, it can be shameful. Yet when one chooses to shift and flick the switch of hmm, to the vibration of love, to the vibration of compassion, to the vibration of kindness, to the, to the vibration of consideration, there is an openness that happens. If Michelle was to meet you like this, Alex, you would be concerned, would you not? I would. You would wonder if she had a sore back. You would wonder if she had a sore neck. You would wonder. You would wonder. You would wonder. Yet when one greets another one, if she was to sit up, as she did, if she was to sit like this, you would wonder. Many humans have a two millisecond thought that happens and it is this quick. It is as quick as we are pushing and shifting and changing her vibration as we are poking at her. And there is a shift. There's a mammoth shift that is happening within the collective. Within the next year, within the numbers of 2023, there is still... Uh, many moments of time that there will be and please notice how again we are using Michelle's hands where there will be an intensity of change there is already what we have noticed uprisings there is already many fingers being pointed is there not there is already many different countries where many are standing up for what they are wanting, which is the change to be seen, is it not? Yes. So for those that are 
within their suppressive spaces, within their intense moments where they are not feeling the togetherness, the kindness, the compassion. What we would highly, 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 highly recommend is again, take time to breathe, take time to connect to each other, take time to speak out, take time to, because time is anything and everything and all and nothing. And it is about the time where you all show up for one another. It is about the time where one takes the time to pick up the phone and say, hey, been thinking of you, are you okay? We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. There is one individual who is a bright light and we would like to mention him as he recently had taken his life. Would we be able to share a message please with you, Alex? Yes, please. He was known to everyone as Twitch. Mm -hmm. And he was a great, great, great light for many millions of human beings, was he not? He was. He had the brightest smile. Yet he was in a space of him not noticing how much he had held onto within his cells and he was out there yet he was in here and what we mean by this is we want everyone to know that he was feeling the denseness of these times and many humans put on masks do they not you have been exposed to this many times have you not alex Yes. Exposed. Do you hear how we said that? Mm-hmm. And many will be exposed in these times. And what we say to you is that the shift into Christ consciousness, into love, into showing up for one another is as much as the human beings that are on the machines that are keeping them alive within these times those that are on ventilators those that are on the machines it is as quick as a flick of the switch the vital signs are still happening yet the spikes are still happening there will be disbelief yet it is a time for humans to stand up not and be vocal in the anger and the intense frustration that has been felt and overwhelmed because it has been an overwhelming time we know this it has been very much a an a sense of intenseness where many are feeling it within their grieving of their lungs and their hearts combined hence many are checking out yet in the breath in the change in one's thought processes in one's collective combinations of the divine of source 
of God. We would ask everyone to take time. Be in the now. Be within. Love more. If you are wanting to be more intense, smile more. Bring more togetherness. Take the time to share the love. So the shifts are happening. We are noticing. Many humans are waking up. And this is again the time for the uprising. Yet it is about the time for love. So the changes are coming. And be within. Take the time. Now, right now, is all one has. Please do not share the fear. Share the love and the equality. Everyone is equal, Alex. Thank you so much for that message. I appreciate that very much. And thank you for answering my questions today. I, I hope it helps people out there listening. I appreciate you. We appreciate you and we applaud you for all the time, all your love, all your connectedness. And we would like to please present you with a blessing, if we may, yes, and for those that are listening. Please take a big breath in. We thank you, Alex. Namaste. How are you doing? Hi, I'm great. <laughs> Teer tearing up there, are you? Oh, I just, I'm having such a little, little moment because I was like, they're like, Michelle, we got you, man. And it's just like, it's just, it's just so wholesome, you know? And it's like, oh gosh, I have no words. I just, oh, my heart just fills up with so much love. Uh, it was a bit, so much joy. They were, they, they were wonderful. And, uh, I hope we can, I hope people listening can take the information that they put out there today and really use it in their lives and, and what is uh, not only happening within themselves, but happening to society and to humanity in general. So um, I appreciate what you're doing without question. Um, I'm going to ask you a few questions, ask mm -hmm. all of my guests. Um, what is your definition of living a good life? Water. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> Drink lots of water. Bless the water. You know, just just bless it and thank it for all that it does. Um, eat simply. It's something I've learned over time. Uh, laugh more. Smile more. Compliment more. And be more real. You know, in the realness and honesty, it's like when we when we like who we are and love who we are, it's it's just a vibration that's that's shared out there and openly. What is your definition of God? To be within and 
there's no words. (laughs) And what is the ultimate purpose of life? To find joy and to love. You know, I have a beautiful uh, slogan, uh, which I've, you know, it's, it's a brand, but it's not a brand. It's love is why we are here. And love is why we are here. The more we love, it doesn't matter how, you know, the behaviors are and how people show up. Because, yes, there is a lot of pain out there. There's a lot of trauma. But the more we love those, you know, people, it's just the pain. It's just the suffering. It's not the, the whole of who they are. It's the behaviors. And if you can love people through that, man, you, you never know what breakthroughs you're going to get. And where can so, people find out more about you and the work that you're doing? Uh, I have a website and it's Michelle at um, michellecarpenter.co.nz and people are welcome to book a session with me. Um, my email address is michelle at michellecarpenter.co.nz. I'm on YouTube, which is, I have to read this because I forget about it, Michelle Carpenter Medium. Uh, I'm on Instagram, mish.carpenter underscore. And then I'm also on Facebook, which is Mish Medium. And, you know, I know that these moments, um, especially this time of the festive season, a lot of people who have lost loved ones feel very alone and, uh, and miss those loved ones. And uh, for those of you who are alone, please just know that we're never alone. We've always been guided. We always have somebody, those who have passed over, are always with us. So please, if you just want to check in and say hi and say, I'm taking a bit of strain, you know, I won't get back to your email straight away. It's just saying I'm here for you. And um, if we can show up for each other, that for me is true love. Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure and honor talking to you today. It has oh, been enlightening, <laughs> enlightening to say the least. And I hope this conversation does help some people out there. So I appreciate you. you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so appreciative of you finding me and having me on. And like I said to you, I was like Willy Wonka in, a, in, a, in the factory. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I appreciate I hope I was today. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate you, my dear. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I want to thank Michelle and the Council of Eight for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge with us. If you want to get links to anything we spoke about in this episode, head over to the show notes at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash 188. And if you've only been listening to this over podcast and you want to watch these amazing conversations, please subscribe to our YouTube channel at nextlevelsoul.com forward slash YouTube. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, trust the journey. It is here to teach you. I'll talk to you soon.